to one, to us, to unemployed actors. They're just between projects. Welcome back to Two Unemployed Actors. I'm Max. Sam is busy with his survival job this week, but I have a very special guest joining us, uh, Mark Morrissey. Uh, Mr. Mark Morrissey is the founder and managing director of Morrissey Management. With over 40 years in the business, managing talent, including the likes of Chris Hemsworth, and is also a producer. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, mate. Lovely to be here. Brilliant. Thanks for your time. Well, get straight into it. What What do you look for in a, in an actor as an agent? Like, what What really are you after? Well, I, I'm asked this question often. It's a really difficult one to to try and be specific about what you're looking for because it's a combination. It's not one thing, right. but it's a for each manager and agent, it's always a combination of a whole variety of things. Um, you're, for me, uh, I'm looking at intelligence. Um, I'm looking at commercial commercial ability with them. Um, I'm listening. Um, a lot of the time I'm listening to the voice timber. Um, uh, when showreels are sent through, um, Sometimes you make a, a very quick assessment on the the person that's approaching the agency based on the other people that you represent to make sure that you're not setting up an environment that is competitive internally. Um, you assess whether you've got the time because every new developing, if it's a new, if we're talking new developing actors, a developing actor needs a good three to five years of development, uh, and that's a long long-term investment so you've got to make sure that you've got the time and the energy to um to to be involved in that there's so many um different qualities you know yeah. you, i sometimes I'm, I'm i'm lucky enough sometimes i can view myself test and over all of these years i can tell really quickly i can tell in the next in the first 10 seconds, whether I'm going to watch the next 10 seconds and the next. Um, uh, so there's a, there's a wide variety of reasons why you, you want to engage with a new new actor. Three, three to five years for an actor's development. Um, that's certainly a commitment and I appreciate from your perspective, you're looking for someone who's just as driven and, and, and committed to their own development, I guess rather yeah. than investing in someone and then have them sort of walk away and go, look, it's a bit too hard or I'm going to go somewhere else or, or whatever. Um, what, what does that development look like or is that specific to each actor? Well, I, I'd go back on your previous point. Um, agreed. They've got to have the, you, you've got to see within them the investment that you're about to invest in them. Um, and you certainly don't want somebody that's waiting on the other end of the phone for you to call. Yeah. You, you, want, you want somebody that's got as much energy as your agency and the people that are working with you. You want someone that uh, is, is learning as much as they can about the industry. They're, they're reading books. They're reading scripts that are online. They're working on their, their various performance tools. Um, you want that because we're here 8.30 each morning we finish at 6 p.m., but the phone is still ringing at 7, 8, 9. We've still got to do business with London. We've still got to do business with L.A. So our commitment is there. Um, and so we, we, we need 
that it needs to feel like a partnership. You need to be knowing that you, you've locked arms together and you, you're pushing into this industry together. Um, so that, that commitment you get is, is vital, that, that assurance of a, of a partnership, that, that energy. And also it can, get, it, it can get disappointing. There's many, many calls you make to a client that hasn't got the, the job. And there's those occasional wonderful, wonderful phone calls that you go, guess what? Um, and you also need to be able to convey to the client and the client's got to understand that it is a business. Please don't take it personal. If you don't get it, there's so many reasons why you didn't get it. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily come down to performance. Sure, you may have done a really, really average screen test. You can't afford to do an average screen test. You've got to do a more than good screen test to get a, a callback. Uh, but it could be down to look, height, colouring of hair, colouring of eyes, what the director had in mind, what, what the producers, it's, it's so varied. I think one thing we, and when I say we, Sam and I on the podcast have been real proponents of is certainly not waiting for the phone to ring and, and, and being engaged in the industry. Um, and I guess to that point, viewing it as a business relationship, as, as a partnership that you touched on, um, that you're both working together and it takes both of you to make it to make it work. Um, do you find you're constantly obviously managing expectations from um, your talent perspective, but is it is it also when you're negotiating with production companies and studios, you're you're constantly managing expectations there, or is it all just like negotiating with terrorists? And you do have to manage expectations from clients, but uh, I would confidently say that ninety five percent of the clients on Morrissey's have very sound, reasonable uh, expectations. They've all got very clear moral compasses. They know what they're doing. Uh, no, on the other side of it, it's not my job to manage a producer's expectations. My job is to get the very best deal and the very best negotiation and the very best terms that I can for my client. Um, it's important that if it's me or anybody else that works in the company, we have a real clear awareness of what the industry is paying, understand what the industry can afford, and then you push harder. Because the more we push, the more we improve it for other actors, not necessarily with us. The more producers look at their, 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 their budget before they even go out to casting, the better. You know, if, if an inexperienced producer is going out and just paying scale on you know, 90% of their cast, one hopes that if we've been doing our job and we're negotiating hard with the producer or the casting people to go, that's not acceptable, no, they won't do the job, that the next time uh, a producer comes back, they've done some really good work on their budget and allowed increases for, for the actors and the client, the creatives. Okay. And... When we talk about um, you know up and coming actors, I mean, how how would you how would you recommend for actors to 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 get an agent? Um, what what would you know say they've just graduated or they're returning back to the industry at a later age? Um, they're committed. They 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 looking for every opportunity and creating as many opportunities as they can themselves. Um, what would your recommendation to be to that the artist to to get representation? 
Well, well graduates are very different people returning because graduates um, have an audience on their, on their graduation um, performance that other people don't get. So after three years, agents, the industry goes to see their graduation. We're, we're actually walking, driving to be there in the audience and watch them. So the graduates have power for one of the very first times in their life, probably one of the last times in their life, <laughs> unless, they, unless they get to a point where they can command power. Um, so the graduates, we're there. We want them to be extraordinary. All we want them to do is just be an absolute wonderful talent so that we can approach them afterwards and, and talk to them about representation. Those returning to the industry, if they haven't worked, if they've left it and come back, that's a challenging, a challenging time for them because whilst they've been away, other actors have made sure that they've identified themselves in the industry, they've got work, they've built their profile, they've started gaining relationships with casting agents and producers and directors. So that's, it's a very difficult thing to come back into the industry after you've left it. Because also there, you know, there's a human aspect to that. And that is, uh, if I'm a casting agent, for instance, uh, and I've got a choice of three people that have stayed and in my mind deserve to be cast in something as opposed to somebody that's chosen to come back, I might choose one of the three first because they've been putting the hard yards in and there may be a subliminal thing in my mind going, well, you deserve, you deserve my support. That's really interesting, yeah, because certainly they've, they've obviously also got more experience just, just simply by, by staying, yeah, sticking with yeah, it. More, yeah, I'm not saying it can't work mm-hmm. um, because we're all after some, some new interesting way of doing a scene and, and a, a new client that intelligently approaches that and is able to execute it. But I'm just saying from a practical point of view, uh, I would go with people that have been in the in, in industry working auditioning for the last five years, probably over somebody returning. And I, I can imagine you've seen more showreels than you can count. Uh, what, I've seen what, a couple. <laughs> what would be interesting is, is if you've seen, how you've seen them sort of change over the years. Um, and, and then if you can talk about, you know, what, what sort of stands out for you, what you're looking for in those showreels. Well, what we've all seen is the showreels have improved in, in quality and performance. Um, but I will preface this by saying uh, I think it creates uh, an environment that's, that's, that's safe, but that safety of, of doing a self-test, for instance, and spending three hours to get it right, that's, that's not real. That's that for me. That that that's not what you sh- what what should be occurring, because you need to put yourself under the pressure of well, if you get that role, you don't get three hours to prepare for your scene when you walk on a set. You're going to get one, maybe two takes, and you've got to be ready. And that can be a very much a cultural shock for uh, the younger actors that have come out that are used to self tests 
getting the lighting right, getting it again and again. You know, there it, it strengthened the audition muscle when there was an environment where actors walked into a casting agent, they sat nervously in the waiting room, they were called in, they were given, okay, go, show me what you've got. And I know it's stressful, but the more you do that, the more it, it is um, preparing you for that day on set when you go. Because if you're not up to it, that's that's a challenge. You know, you're not going to be getting repeat business and people getting you back. Yeah, spot on. I think because uh, the last fifty word I had on Home and Away, um, it doesn't matter whether you're uh, a guestie, whether you're a series regular, you get two shots and that's it, moving on. And shooting three cameras at once, so you've got to be aware of not just the one camera. Um, but your whole environment, and if you don't turn up prepared, um, you're, you're not set up for success at all. And, and, and might I say, 50 worders are more stressful than a, a semi or a regular. They are such a hard gig because you know you've got the weight of, of the production. You've just had so-and-so walk on, do their shots, walk off. Now you're on. If you hold up the crew... Uh, with your 50 word and you're already feeling maybe a little less than everyone around you, even though you shouldn't be, uh, you don't want to get it wrong. So I think that's what I'm referring to when I, I talk about the screen test muscle, that um, putting yourself through the rigours of, of the tension that you have to deal with uh, and coming out on the other side and succeeding, you may not get the job, that you're one step close to being prepared to walk on that set and do the 50 word. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. And I think I, I spoke to Australian casting director Anusha Zarakesh and she, she brought up an interesting point around self-tests um, where because of the nature of the industry at the moment, um, it just so happens that, that, that actors' representation agents are, are seeing so many more self-tests than before. Before they weren't even a part of that process, yeah. Now it's as though they're in the room um, before the, the well they are in effect before the, the the casting director. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good thing, by the way. Uh, that, the flip side of this is that we see all of the reels that are done before they go out, and, we, and if they're not up to what we want, we'll go back to our clients, say point or or let's come in a different way, go back and do it again, and. Um, in that way, we're getting to know our clients better. And, and it's quite joyous, by the way. When you see self-test after self-test from a client and they're just, just knocking it out of the park, it instills even more belief in you for them. You know, so when you get on the phone to a casting agent or when you're talking about your client, you've just seen their last three self-tests. They might not have got the gig. But you know in your heart of hearts the sort of work they're doing and they deserve this. And it's, it's a great uh, point of momentum for representatives. representatives. Well, once an actor has an agent, I mean, what, is there anything in particular you'd recommend uh, how they communicate with their agent or, or how they engage with their agent, the industry at large, once they've actually achieved representation rather than just sit on the couch and wait for the phone to ring? No, no, it's just common sense, though. Um, and it's that common sense of, I don't know, you go to a party and you meet somebody new and interesting. Um, you, your common sense knows when you're boring them 
when they're not interested or when you're really engaged and you've got a, you've got a conversation going. Um, it's probably a terrible reference, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, and that is just use your common sense when calling your agent. They might, be, they might have the time to have a chat. Great. If you want to chat about the industry, yeah. Um, if, if it gets to the point where you feel like your representative isn't picking up the phone because maybe you are taking up too much of their time, just be sensitive to what it's like when dealing with another person. And they're just another person. They're, they're, they'll, they'll be happy to have a chat if they're a, a chatty person. I'm not, believe it or not, a very chatty person. Right. So I feel very yeah. special today then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting it on for you because it's a podcast and I'm being recorded. But I, I'm, I'm not a particularly chatty person. Right. I like to um, keep things very short and to the point and talk about the job at hand yeah. or the, the job that's coming up. Whereas, you know, I've got extraordinary people under this roof, um, Aaron, Fleur, Michael, Charlotte that's joined us. I've got people here that are so wonderful at, at the, the talk, which is very important. Some clients, you know, need to have that ongoing engagement. Um, um, so some might prefer so, a coffee chat, a regular coffee chat. Others, it's it's a short email update. This is what I'm up to. You know, what's happening? Yeah, my my um, my youngest daughter works with me in my production company, and she knows where I'm at when I'm sending her one word email responses that's <laughs> like a like a text message <laughs> Panda. that's brilliant that's brilliant um and look uh, uh, many actors in in australia you know they they'll, they'll reach a stage and it'll be a stage that's that's you know unique, unique to them in th- terms of timing but um you know should i go to la should i look for a representation in la they they might be getting say three times a year an opportunity to to walk on set in Australia with fifty worders or, or in the theatre or something independent theatre. Um, what would your recommendation be to that young actor, that that more established actor? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's an old tired cliche I've used, but it's it, it you know you only really attend a party that you're invited to. And, and that kind of makes sense because if you're an actor, if you're prepared to go there and stand in line with thousands of others in that same line, fine. If you feel like you've got that, whatever it's going to take to jump across that line and, and be successful, great. I don't encourage it until I've... I'm, we are all on the same page that you're ready now for the discussion. Um, any client, I'm going through it right now, actually. I'm, I'm uh, flying with a client to LA um, in a week's time, in a week and a half's time. But prior to this client going there, I'm setting up the meetings for the client and I'm very thankful that a lot of the people receiving my emails, if they see an email from me, they know that it's 
probably a significant client that's going to do well. And, and they're the, vetted and prepared and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I will say the, the, the environment over there has changed. It's, it's very, very difficult. Uh, some of them aren't back in their offices yet. Right. Um, I'm being asked to do meetings in coffee shops as opposed to offices. I'm being asked to do individual meetings as opposed to what I'm used to, which is a team or a group. Yeah. Team. Um, and I think there's still um, there's still some healing time needed after COVID for mm. people to get back into a, a new normal and working out how to do business in the future. Um, going over there at the moment, if the response I'm, I'm working through at the moment is any indication, I would strongly, strongly be re recommending actors to wait until they have a powerful body of work before making that step. Because you only really get one chance. Yeah. That's that's the other thing people aren't aware of. You you get if you either you do it personally or you do it through your circle of influence, or you get your agent to do it to reach out to LA. If you get a no, it's really hard to get a second no in one, two, three years' time. It's really, really difficult. That's the idea, point. if you're clever, is wait until you've got a, a heat and a buzz around you or the pro that project that you're in, uh, and that's the time to strike. Yeah, that's a really interesting. Um, is there something that you think US casting directors are really looking for at the moment um, that they weren't previously? Or is it the same um, old, same old? Obvi obviously, diverse casting. Right. Um, you know, the... That, that has wonderfully changed and added so much to all of our lives. Um, what are they looking for? Overseas, you mean? Mm -hmm. They're looking for a commitment. They, they don't want people um, saying, I'm, I'm definitely going to be available, not be available. They, you're going to have to make sure you get everything in place, all your ducks in a row, and you're going to make sure your visa's in place, that you've saved up enough money that if they say we want you to come over for a period of time, you can afford to do it. Um, you, you, once you have engaged representative over there, you want to keep them engaged, invested in you. So um, if you're not there, uh, the more work that you're doing back home, that they're able to see the better. Um, making sure your self-tests for them are the very best you can possibly do. Making sure the accent, the accent, the conversation about accents, it's such a, a, a subtle one because all it takes is one word in a five-minute monologue to not be quite right and it jars with Americans. And, and, you know, they're not looking to make excuses. Like, just just give me the best work. And I, and I think one thing we're, we're hearing from an acting perspective is... There's no, oh, that person's perfect for the role, and but we'll work with them on the accent. It's, it's we want them to be ready now. Um, we don't want yeah. to have to hold the hand. Look, no, there, there's very little hand-holding um, because the competition over there is so stiff. There's so much to choose from. So ideally, I, I say to people, just try and make a list of all the reasons why they would say no to you and eliminate those. If you if you haven't got a passport, if you haven't got your visa in place, don't do it yet. 
Yes, you can get sponsorship, but I don't think anyone understands how difficult a process is to get someone to sponsor you. It is, it is rigorous. And it's like two or three days of somebody's work full time just to get you a, a sponsorship deal. Um, so just get it as right. If you've gone to this extent, um, don't do something half-assed. Make sure you yeah. get it right. Make it count. Yeah. Um, I, just lastly, um, the Australian industry is looking pretty good at the moment, considering COVID. Um, yeah. And I say that from an acting perspective, looking at um, the investment in industry with uh, the streamers as well as the the, the studios. Um, yeah. We're hearing talks of another studio, you know, um, near Coffs Harbour, one in Cairns. Uh, studio facilities. I mean, um, is, is are you seeing that too, or is or am I just wishful thinking? Ever the optimist as an actor? No, no. There was there was really good reason to be optimistic. Um, you know, pre to when COVID really took place here, we were killing it, and and that comes down to producers and crews showing the rest of the world how to shoot during a pandemic. For Christ's sake, they, they, hats off to these people that did it. it was extraordinary. Um, and yes, we had a lot of work that was shooting down here. I, I think I think it's best to be practical about it, though. A producer with a project will go wherever the exchange rate is the best, and hopefully they talk English because that helps in communication between crew and and producers. And and generally, what sort of rebates they're going to get out of that country uh, to help their bottom dollar. So it might be Australia next week and it might be Croatia the week after or Budapest the, the week after that. It, it, it just depends on where the deal is the best. Um, but down here, the, the attractive quality is being able to enjoy the countryside when you're not shooting, which is fabulous. Uh, it's English speaking. Our, our crews, you can significantly get more bang for your buck from our creative crews, they kill it on a, a global basis. Our, our crews are second to none, man. You know, you have, you have Americans uh, calling up going, I, I cannot believe what, what, what getting done by, you know, a third of the crew. So uh, that's great value for them. Yeah. It's extraordinary creatives out there that just get the stuff done. Our actors can do great accents and, and, we think on our feet. We're very light on our feet, um, which it just plays again towards improvisational or, or being able to cope with the situation. In the future, um, you, you know, we may flatten out a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, but I can say that this year, January, February, March, has started off like a, a, a bullet. No, it's a bad phrase. Just started off so fast. And, yeah, that's great. And, and we're busy. There's a lot, a lot of castings taking place. We're busy. That's great. Considering what we've been through, especially as actors who, you know, you fall between the gaps. It's not like you can say to the government, you know, we've had 12, here's 12 months of consistent income and here you can see it's dropped. Help me out. It's gig to gig, no. the original gig economy. Yeah, it is. So that's that's great to hear that, uh, that we're firing on all cylinders this year already. So... Uh, Mark Morrissey, thank you very much for your time. We do appreciate it. My pleasure, Max. Thanks for your time. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss more tips and tricks here at Two Unemployed Actors.
to unemployed actors.